0: Welcome back to our third, fourth installment of, fourth installment of Mental Health uh, with Lane Foundations and Mr. Jesse Hernandez, aka Silver Fox, aka Learnings and Missteps. You have a (laughs) lot of names, aka Social Media Mogul. There it is. (laughs) Welcome back. Thanks for joining us again. I really enjoy these conversations with you and talking about this important topic like we've Uh, As you may know, if you listen to Laying Foundations enough, uh, we try to do one mental health podcast a month just to bring awareness to it and let everyone know that you can talk about it. It's not something that you have to hide as I was one of those guys, didn't really talk about it, but it is something that is very important. It's affected all of us. And I'm sure those of you who are listening, it's also affected you as well. And so with that being said, let's open it up to mr davis and mr jesse and say we've already talked about what mental health means to you let's go into how do you implement different systems on a job site and convince people that it is a necessary thing
1: oh man i'm gonna have to charge for this one (laughs) that's a big one that's a heavy one you know I, I, you know me, guys. I'm just going to talk. Um, I think the hardest, it's like anything, going from zero to one, it takes the most amount of energy, right? Getting yep. liquid water to go from, from its liquid state to its gaseous state, that's only one degree in temperature change. But the amount of energy that is required for that conversion to happen is immense. And so when it comes to, I see it that way in terms of getting lost in talking about mental health and having this mental health movement on the job site. Like, no, what did it take for me to share with somebody else that I have fears or that I feel inadequate or that I have a therapist, right? I can talk, I can speak to that in terms of like, I know there's amazing, I've been on some job sites where they've got a wellness coach, like on staff, on site. And these are mega projects and, and they focus on physical and mental wellness are available to them. There's resources for them. Okay. And those organizations have the resources and the means to put that sort of thing into place. Usually it's the client that's really supportive of that. Um, but that makes if I talk about that, I don't want to lose the people that don't have all of those resources. Right. And I had a debate with the friend who's like, man, all you do is talk. Like you talk a lot. I'm like, oh, yeah, like story of my life. And so his his point was when, like, you're not really organizing or doing anything. It's so fair, like very fair. But here's the result of me just talking. What what people can't see is the emails the text the phone calls the one-on-one conversations i have with people that say dude ever since that time you shared about you mm-hmm. feeling inadequate or that you've struggled with addiction or or you've got so much stress on you that you really don't know which way to turn it i don't feel alone anymore right and so i think that's where i'll start and is to get started I have to, there's a difference between me saying, hey guys, mental wellness is a real thing. We should talk about it. This is a safe place, hmm. right? Because why would anybody like, okay. But when I say, hey guys, like I'm sick Tuesday. We were supposed to record this on Tuesday. I was not well. I messaged y'all and I you know, said, hey, don't worry about it. It's cool. I had like normal, like for, there was a time in my life where I would not even admit that I was sick, like physically sick. Interesting. I would hide it like, Hey, I got, I got this thing I got to do. I'm really busy. I got a project. that's not finishing. And it was because I was ill, hmm. but I didn't want to admit it. And I know I'm not the only person that does that. Right. Because there's this thing perception that I'm ill because I'm weak or because I'm less than, hmm. um, but I think over time, me just openly sharing, like nonchalantly, I, I now I do it, it's almost secondhand for me to make a point about my experience with mental wellness, my experience mental wellness, my experience with... Um,
0: or mental wellness for her, whoever you ask. That's what all of it, mental,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Or my experience with substance abuse and failed relationships and how that impacted me and how that was a result of the way I functioned. Yeah. I just talk like, it's, it's just a matter of fact, the magic that happens is it gives other people permission to say, Oh, wow. I'm not alone. And now they have a resource and the likelihood of them admitting, sharing their problems goes way, way, way up. That that's, that's where I'm at right now.
2: Yeah. I like that, Jesse. I, I agree with you. Um, I think that whenever you try to put out this big, message maybe about hey we got to have a big mental wellness check right like it was kind of how i first approached this conversation was man we need to have mental health stuff coming out every september around the suicide awareness month but all the other days and weeks and months that we have an option to do that i wasn't there right but i like how you turned jesse if instead of us just saying hey we're gonna have a mental wellness approach on the job site what can i do within the, the lives and the conversations I have every single day, and how can I be transparent and vulnerable, right? You don't realize just by doing that, that is a superpower with another man in the construction industry. If you can get to the point where I'm not only sharing the things that I am not great at, or these are my secrets, and you're telling me that, and we develop some type of trust or bond there, you will be able to move mountains together. And I just, I firmly believe that because I've seen that happen in my own life. And Adam made fun of me last time. I wish you were there with us, Jesse. Maybe you were, yeah, you there with us. And Adam was like, um, well, we don't want to just be this big uh, fluff case like Davis over here. But, you know, (laughs) because I can, I can, I could, if my job was to only be like a counselor on the job (laughs) side, I would do it. But I got you well, you're, response you're good it. at
0: it dude. I mean even the other night on our Tuesday uh, next gen leaders, you know, the group that we do, um you started getting vulnerable just about your past and that opens up so much conversation mm-hmm. to everyone because everyone feels like, "Oh, like I can do that here. It's it's a, <laughs> I hate this word, but it's a safe space, right? Yeah. It's I- a place where I can come in and like no one else is going to judge me. If, if someone's saying it, then obviously he knows because I'm feeling the same thing. Let's talk about it. And it, it it gives people permission to to say it, to talk about it, to bring things up. Whereas if no one had taken the first initial step, then probably no one else was going to. All right.
2: Now I think that's, I appreciate you saying that Walker. I think it's really hard to get over that first step if you've never done it. And so, yeah. To me, to us three gentlemen. Yeah. Okay. It's still probably hard to be vulnerable at, at times. Like right now, I'm not going to go into what I talked about the other night because I don't want, frankly, everyone, every listener to know what I was struggling with. I'm just going to be <laughs> really right. honest. Um, something personal to me. And if you want to have a conversation one-on-one, I would love to talk to you about it. But, um, you know, the vulnerability side Think about it, not just in construction. Think about it with your wife or if you're a female husband or, you know, whoever, your mom, your dad, whoever's in your life. If you can learn how to be vulnerable, vulnerable and be the first person to admit something that you're struggling with, you would, if it's in an argument, if it's in a conversation, everything just kind of settles down. Everybody's like, wow, he's human or she's human. Now I get to be that too. You created that space. But that first step's hard. It's really hard. It takes a lot of work. So I'm going to I'm going to counter off of this to both the Walker and to Jesse. Now, what what is it in your life that took you to be able or get to that point where you could make that first step and be vulnerable?
1: Walker said he wants to go first.
0: All right, I'll go first. No. So for me, right. <laughs> it took a lot of growing up for me to do personally, and I'm still doing it. But it's getting to a level of for myself of just not worrying so much about what people think. Because at the end of the day, I actually I saw this on LinkedIn the other day. I don't know who it was. Otherwise, I give them credit. But it was um, pretty much they were talking about people don't notice you as much as you think they do. Right? Well, that's it's me. He was saying... <laughs> It was you and someone else. He was saying that uh, there was an experiment and they told this one guy in a classroom, you know, maybe it's classroom like 100 to 300 people. And they told him to wear this funny shirt. Right. And so he goes in there and they asked him afterwards, how many people do you think were looking at you? And he said, I think 50% were looking at me. And then they pulled the class afterwards. Or how many people just noticed you? Not even were looking at you, noticed you. And then they po- polled the class afterwards. And it was something like 25% actually looked, right? So we overestimate oh, yeah. the amount of people that actually care. And at the end of the day, the people that did look noticed didn't care, yeah. right? And so for me... I was on the lines of, oh, if I do this, people are going to care. They're going to judge. If I post on LinkedIn, I'm going to get, you know, hate mail. No one cares. I mean, (laughs) sure. If you're, if you have hundreds of thousands of followers, I'm sure you would have people that just want to put you down because that's who they are. Right. 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 But at at this level of just a couple thousand people that we know posting, no one cares. And so for me, being able to open up and share that it is more beneficial To do that, if you can get the person that you're talking to in a better place, headspace, better place to talk, like maybe it helps them out, right? Then it is for me to feel embarrassed by it. And so I would rather talk about it and maybe help someone else in the process than keep it all to myself because I'm going to let my pride dictate what I do. Mm -hmm. And so over the years, that's been for me, it's just lowering my pride realizing I'm not as important as I think I am and trying to help others get to a place where they can talk about it too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So mine it's, and I I, prob, I would not have been able to answer this question a year ago, uh, but several people over the past, we'll say two years have commented on how vulnerable I am. Like with no BS with Jen and Jess on the, on the uh, learnings and missteps podcast, all the stuff. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't, cause like the word vulnerable has, it's, it's, not, it's like this big thing, this big nebulous thing. And I'm like, what are you, I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. And finally, somebody clarified me like, well, Jess, is because you share so much about the dumb stuff that you did or the mistakes and the lessons that you learned and it's like you just share that you you just always share that like that people don't talk about their misses right people mostly talk about their highlight reels and i'm like oh yeah i do do that and so i was thinking you know, i had to reflect like you why? do they're right but i don't know exactly why i do it and so anyways i finally figured it out i was like oh i know why you know I mentioned or just a little while ago, my, um, my experience with substance abuse, drug addiction. So I would, every time I got arrested, they, they granted me the opportunity to go to 12-step meetings, right? And I say that kind of jokingly and seriously, it's like the first few times, rather the first two times I got arrested and was mandated to go to 12-step meetings, I was of the mindset that I didn't need to be there. They needed it, not me. Right, (laughs) I needed it. I just wasn't ready for it. But so here's one unique, like profound and important thing that happens in these twelve-step meetings. One of the elements of it is people share, and in order to share, you say hi. My name is Jesse, and I have a. You know, the words aren't "I have a problem." The words are "I am an addict" or "I'm an uh, I'm an alcoholic" or whatever that is. Right. Say that, and then you share your day or your issue. Or you don't say anything at all. You can just sit there and listen. I'm just here to listen, right? Um, and what's what's like really profound about that is it for me. It gave me, it was a venue for me to say openly, I'm a guy with a problem. And it didn't matter how big or how small today, mom Jesse, I'm an alcoholic. And I remember this because the advice I got was like, "No way, I'm ever going to do that." I offer that advice now, anyways. And I was talking about my boss at the time. Like, Man, my boss is a jerk. He's freaking late. He never shows up on time. He leaves me hanging. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. And then he shows up at the last minute as if he did anything when I did. Yeah, I was complaining about him. Um, and the reason I remember that is. Like one of the guys there was like, you know what you should do? And it'll totally transform your your thinking. I was like, oh, tell me, please. No, it will transform your situation. It's okay, what? He's like, two things, it's easy. Play for him every night and bake him a cake Mm. and tell him you appreciate him. I was like, Mm. you're stupid. He's a jerk. He sucks. Mm. But what I was like, what I missed in the moment, which was true, was that individual was suffering also. Mm. Yeah. He was also wrestling with with substance abuse and stuff. And so it was it was this an idea to humble myself and understand him from where from what he's going through. Anyways, that's a side topic. But the reps, I got so many reps of sitting in a room full of strangers all over and like all over San Antonio, all over Texas, different meetings in different parts of the country that I've been to. Don't know anybody in the room. My name's Jesse. I'm an alcoholic. I'm an addict. And here's my problem. Or here's my win. Here's my experience today. Hmm. And I feel like doing that so many times in front of strangers helped me build the palace, if you will, or kind of shed that fear hmm. or concern. Because in like the truth, those people that I was sharing with, they know what I'm talking about because they've lived it. Mm. And if they didn't judge me, all these other people that haven't lived that kind of um, less than awesome experience, mm. I'm really not too worried about your opinion because you have no idea what I'm talking about. Right. But ultimately, it, I think it was the reps. It's simple. As simple as that, the reps of admitting I'm human and openly saying I have a problem to other humans help me get really good at sharing whatever I'm dealing with or whatever I've learned, whatever I've done wrong, et cetera.
2: I, I have, I have two things there. First one, Jesse, thank you for sharing that. That's uh unbelievable. I think that the, uh, yeah, I say this to say it's an awesome journey, but you know what I'm trying to say here. Awesome mm-hmm. to where, where you're at right now, right? Yep. So the fact that you're willing to talk about that is awesome. But then B, it's right. The more times you do something, the more times you get comfortable doing that. We know that. But what I loved in that conversation there was, man, you get personal, man, pray for him every night and bake him a cake. How many people do that for someone that, you know, you don't like, right? Like I'm Mm -hmm. like, man, I am forgetting about, I'm praying, Hey God, why don't you go smite him? Right. Like, why don't you get this guy out of my life? Like, why am I around this? If I'm just being completely honest. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, man, I mean, just talk about humility there and vulnerability and having to really love someone when you, when you don't, right. Like that's hard in itself. So I'm just trying to picture myself there, but then B, um, Jesse the other night we talked at our next gen leaders group and they talked about, there's this example in the book about, um, the secret of self-control. And so a lot of that was talking about in the 1970s during Vietnam, like 15 to 25% of our armed forces in the U S were addicted to heroin. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, out of that percentage the people that got back 9 out of 10 out of that 9 out of 10 of those people didn't have a problem with drug 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 abuse or heroin because they changed their environment but if you compare that to the US the people that go to rehab for heroin whenever they get out of rehab 9 out of 10 people relapse right and so this is going down a different conversation and this is really about the environment but i want to take that to the construction environment now Okay. So we don't ever really think about it and it's so true the environment that we're put in daily can either positively or negatively affect us, right? We can we can shake our heads, we we all get that. But what if I'm around a group of people that are vulnerable, not just positive, but are hey, I'm I'm still I'm willing to have hard conversations, but you know at the end of the day, I'm here because I'm here to be the best I can be to you, figure this out together instead of the old guard way of I'm it. You got to get everything through me. I'm going to cuss you out. I'm going to tell you you're late every single week. Right. So that environment in of itself is huge. And I think there's a lot of people in our industry, right? There's a lot of people in our group. And I want to say a lot. There's few doing it, but a lot of people in our group that are going there that are helping these companies see that, that are getting that shift into construction. And so I know I'm rambling. I'm going to be quiet from there, but as I kind of walk through all that, what, what are y'all's thoughts off of that?
0: Well, one, I think it's, I'll, I'll go back a little bit. I think it's really cool about what Davis brought up and you brought it up about what you said of one praying for him and giving him a cake. Cause I know the story and one, you know, it says the Bible says, pray for those who persecute you. But two in Proverbs, it says, give an angry man a gift. And there's a story of this pastor who took over, uh, he, he became the new head preacher at, uh, I can't remember who's told me this story. It's some guy that y'all would know if I said his name, he didn't tell me the story. I just heard it, but he, it might've been Dave Ramsey. I think it was Dave Ramsey. And he was saying that he took over this church. He took over this, this new organization organization. And there was this guy there who always gave him grief. He was mean. He was angry. He just never helped anyone. Right. They're like, you need to go and serve. And he's, I don't want to serve. I don't want to do this. Blah, 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 blah. And so what he did was he read that, right? Give an angry man a gift. And so he knew that this guy loved guns. Like he had a gun collection. He just like collecting, them, you know, target shooting, you name it. And so he got him like a $300 gun. Keep in mind, this guy probably had thousands, the thousand plus, multiple thousands of dollar gun, right? But he went and got him like a $300 gun, a little pistol. And he called him into his office. So, like, hey, will you come in here? And, and he gave it to him. And the guy was... Broke down crying. He's like, no one has ever, ever given me a like this gift before, ever. Mm. And he said from then on, the guy just completely did a 180. Volunteered, Mm. nicest guy ever, gave as much as he could. And just that one simple act of being vulnerable, not knowing what will happen, baking a cake, right? Just completely changed the direction of this guy's life and how... He interacted with people, so I wanted to put that out there. I thought that was a really cool story and tied in with what you're saying. Um, in terms of the company, I agree, Davis. I think that there are there's a, a direction that I would like to go, right personally or with laying foundations of like how do you how do you grow companies from the inside out, right? How do you change that culture of like, we need to treat our employees better? Because frankly, right now you're treating them just like a number where you should be treating them as your most valuable asset because that's what they are. Like if you didn't have them, your company wouldn't go around. Mm -hmm. And so how do you change that mindset of, okay, maybe we might get paid a little less in the leadership, but how do we keep, how do we retain our employees? How do we make sure that we're catering to their needs? Like, Hey, Hey, we talked about it before, like, let's go get you, let's get a barber to come on site and just give you a haircut for free. Let's get a, a doctor to come out and give you a physical for free. Let's, mm. let's uh, have weekly, you know, meetings where like, Hey, do you need something? Like, do you need something? What do you need? Right. Is do you are you struggling in this area? Could be financially, could be personally, could be physically, and let's help you through it. I think if more companies adopted that mindset, the overall area of construction would drastically change
1: for the better. Yeah, I, there, there's there is truth in that. I've, I've seen it. I've seen like really crazy, like what, 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 what we're doing that. Because for me, you know, I've come from a generation where it was like, shut up and work, period. Um, which I'm most comfortable in that environment, right? <laughs> because hey, let's go, baby. Like I don't have, to, I'm not going to hurt. Rather, it's not so much that I'm hurting people's feelings it's really that the my natural mode of communication makes people feel disrespected. Huh. That's what I have a problem with. I don't mind hurting your feelings because sometimes you need to get your feelings hurt. But I want to do it in a respectful manner. And if I'm making people, rather when I'm making people feel disrespected accidentally, then that, for me, that's the signal like, oh, I've got to adjust that. Um, so yes, there's things to do and I'm I'm just a grassroots type of thinker, and yes, companies can do all kinds of things. But when I focus on what companies can do, I feel like I lose the power of what I can do, mm-hmm. right? And so, and I think all of us as individuals, and this isn't like this isn't a pass on on the companies. And all most right. precisely, there is not a single company out there that does a damn thing. It is the people within the company that yeah. make the things happen. That's good, and not like the workers that do the work, the leaders that make the decisions, the executives that make the decisions. Like people do those things. Companies don't do it. People's do it. They just have a check with the company name on it, right? And so, this is to all the people. Like, in terms of my environment. You know, I did, it took me a while to like really understand that there were triggers within my environment that left me susceptible to making really self-destructive decisions. Um, And I started changing that environment, right? Now, there was also another truth. I could go to another another city where I didn't know anybody. And guess what? You want to know who I would connect with? The people that like to party hard, knew where to get the illegal substances, complete strangers. I attracted them. So it's not just my physical environment. So I had to really think about like the conditions in my thinking, right? Like, and really what I mean by that is understanding the conditions that I thrive in. So part of that is like, okay, what kind of people do I grow with? Do I think expansively around? What are those kind of people? Okay. That's that type of person, because I did have access to those people, and I would get motivated and and excited and then I but where I spent most of my time was with the party animals. So what did I do? I ended up partying right so that it was this environment within my between my ears was the most important environment in terms of understanding what is it? what are the things that help me behave? And uh, with a growth mindset, right? With a focus on contribution of sharing my gifts and talents. And all of us have the agency to do that. All of us have the agency to examine what are the things, what the contributing factors, the people, the ideas, the content, um, the food, the exercise, what are all those things that fill me up and... Prepare me to serve others. Spend more time around those things, right? Like it's not a complicated formula, but it's difficult because what I I had to do was I had to leave people behind. That wasn't easy, right? And and even worse, I had to leave people behind that I introduced to the substances that were now, they were now abusing or addicted to. Introduced them to them. And I'm leaving them behind because, like, I got better. Like that doesn't, that still doesn't feel good. Um, but, I, anyways, when you're talking about environment, I think that that's what speaks to me is physically. There's this saying like, "Everywhere I go, there I am." Mm. So <laughs> I was actually having a conversation with the team this morning, and they're talking about this legacy problem. Right when they communicate something to somebody. the other person or persons like nod their head and say, yes, yes, yes. And then when they come back the next day, they clearly didn't understand what the hell the communication was. Right. And then, and of course, you know, yeah, I know what that's like. They're they're just dumb. Like they just, there's not enough skilled trade workers and like all this stuff. And the funny thing is like, Oh, okay, sure. I get it. Right. Like that is a legacy problem, but is this the only job that you've had that problem on? No. Is this the only trade you've had that problem with? No. Oh, so um, is it really then? Yeah. <laughs> right? And it's it's not about assessing blame. It's about examining how am I communicating? How am I behaving? And what, what's behind that? Where is that coming from? And I feel like if I can change that, rather, when I can put my finger on it and make some tweaks around that, then I stop barking at people for being late. Yeah. Then I, start, I stop yelling and, and accusing and threatening. And I start asking questions about what's going on, right? Like, what do, how should I say, that, like, this is what I, this is exactly what I didn't want. And this is what happened. What, would, what could I have said yesterday in the meeting that mm-hmm. would have given me this outcome other than this outcome? That's a totally different conversation, and it requires me to change. And guess who I have the most likelihood of changing? Me, That's right. right? And then, and I'm gonna tell you, it's hard to change me. Right. Like, I know it is. Um, and so, you know, kind of back to the whole thing is, if I want to change the mental health situation, I want to, rather I want to have an impact on it because I know I can't change it by myself. If I want to have an impact on it, where am I going to have more stroke? By telling everybody what they should do or by demonstrating the behaviors that I seek? But if I feel like people, if I believe vulnerability is a huge, huge superpower value add skill to build, am I going to have more uh, success or progress by telling everybody they need to be more vulnerable? That's right. Or by demonstrating vulnerability and providing a venue for them to practice vulnerability. That's
2: right.
1: But yeah. right. And so, taking it to the environment, right? Every place I go, I impact that environment, mm-hmm. and I can change it in my behavior.
2: That's right. I like that. I mean, really, it comes down to Walker. We talked about lead yourself first, right? We all yep. got to look at the mirror. But I think what is important there, Jesse, is what you're talking about. Well, I'm going to go back and explain an example. There's certain foremen on our job sites within the trades that I converse with. I mean, I converse with every foreman daily, but there's a few of them that I've messed up a bunch, right? And they give me a hard time, but I go, man hey, at least I'm honest and I own up when I mess something up. I'm going to tell you the truth and I'm going to be real. Like, I told you I've messed this up. I know this is the third time you're having to take this drywall down because it's my fault because I messed it up, but I'm sorry. He was like, you know what? I don't care because you're not lying to me and telling me that someone else did it or was You're taking ownership over it. And that means a yeah. lot to me, right? Like, yeah. yeah, for the for him and his guys that have to come up there three times that have to redo this, right? Like, they're not going to want to have to do that, but at least I have a, a better working relationship and i think it goes even further than that it goes into me learning more about him but um anyway i just i just think about that because there's so many people in the industry that want to lie and cover things up and never admit to something they messed up as a general Mm -hmm. contractor and we should if we mess something up we shouldn't be trying to lie our way out of it or saying oh this other sub's going to pick it up because this guy didn't fulfill it when it's really my fault so um, another example i have um just talking about changing ourself, which I thought was interesting, um, was our the communication side. This week, I could have easily told our, we have a ACT grid, and he's also the hard-lid framer, right? Different crews, but basically, um, we got so many different areas for him to be working in. I need to tell him, hey, go to this floor, do this section. I can go all over the job and talk about it. But if I can't get the picture out of my head, show him the flow, talk about the manpower associated, the material, and get that all to where we can all see it and it's visual and that we can understand and comprehend it, I can just talk on and on and on and on. And he's going to go, yeah, I got it. And then the (laughs) Uh next day, it's not going to be there. And then I'm going to get pissed off. But guess what? That's my fault. It's not his fault because I'm the communicator. I'm the one that has the knowledge and the resource as the general contractor that then to help him and help him get in the spots that he needs to. And so I just thought about that today. I spent two or three hours planning with this guy and it was fun. I loved it actually. And I learned a lot, yes. right? He taught me different things about, um, ACT grit and this tear away, uh, bead and mold and stuff that I've never even heard of, but thought was really cool. And if I would have never done that, if I never would have taken the time to understand, First off, what he's got going on in his life, I wouldn't get to plan with him. But then second of all, I had a really good week or a good day with him. Get to do that. So anyway, yeah. your goal should be you,
0: you should be impossible to misunderstand, right? That should be your goal with any conversation. That's all I want yes. to say. You got it.
1: Yeah, no, dead on. Uh, I mean, that's beautiful. <laughs> Make that happen and you're winning. Um, I think it, it, Davis you, you touched on something right it, back to like how does that connect to mental wellness and all it I remember back when I was in my drinking and using days all it took was one mishap on the job to piss me off and my, my what I was going to do as soon as I got out of work was scripted I was going to go to the bar I was going to get a Budweiser I was going to get a vodka shot and it was on right like let's go baby all night most of my frustrations, most of the times I got pissed off. It, not most, every single one I contributed to it. If I was frustrated because my crew didn't execute or follow a direction I gave, well, I didn't follow what Walker said, right? I didn't make it impossible for them to misunderstand me, so I contributed to that. And like little by little, I started becoming aware of like how poorly I communicate, and because of the outcomes of that. Co- communication i was pissed so i had to like really i had to spend less time communicating my message and more time listening to understand if my message was received or how my message was received right Um, and so like i remember when i like before i was traveling as a when i was a foreman like i was on one job one job at a time for a little bit and then i got a couple and I'd get so angry, I'd get so upset, and it would turn into me being nasty and rude. And I didn't like that, but hey, it's what I had to do. And so I had to go, you know, have a drink to take the edge off, which was never just a drink. And I think that's an important thing, right? Like, folks out there that are in an environment that's very aggressive uh, and, and attacking, even um, like. Take a pause and really evaluate how are you contributing to the situation? Because you can't, like, I'm telling you, I changed my behavior. And it transformed the amount of frustration and disappointment that I had. That's one thing. Now, that is not to say that every situation Everybody else was like up to par because there's some bean bats that I worked with, and no matter what I did, like it was just never going to happen. Or I did surround myself with people that were just not of the caliber that I wanted to be, and so that kept me stuck in this situation. To so back to environment, right? How do we change the environment around? Another thing, you know, and I've seen it. You talked about the anger and the frustration. I mean, really, as humans. We're worried about losing our job. Because hmm. if we lose our job, we lose our security. All right? And what puts my job at risk? or performance. Hmm. So, what is poor? The further up in the chain you go, your performance is contingent on the people around you. right? Because now you're just guiding and leading. And when people are not meeting the expectation, The outcome is poor, so you're at greater risk. And when I'm at risk, I have less space to think. And all I'm doing is reacting. And so I'm sharing this because on one hand, we need to like give grace to people that are still in that mindset, that are very, we'll just say they come across as abusive, but they're under immense pressure, right? Whether it's self-imposed or not, it is still an immense amount of pressure. Now, the other side is, if they have a problem, like let's think about their environment, right? Their superintendent, project manager, whatever, foreman, whatever. Like they have responsibility and they've got to report up. And usually, the behavior that they display, if they scream and yell and cuss and threaten and, you know, they get that way, they're usually experiencing that from their supervisor, from their leadership. What do y'all think about that?
2: I think that's huge. I think um, I could think about that for a lot of people. I've gotten vulnerable with going back to vulnerability, just kind of full circle here. Um, we have a foreman that's been, ah, man, he's been in construction I swear since he was I don't know five. It seems like, and he's you yeah. know sixty, right? Just if there's a question about anything carpentry, that's my man. That's who I'm going to because he darn well knows it. Long story short, he was like, you don't know how hard it was, Davis. He was like. I used to get cussed out if I picked my head up to take a break and get a sip of water. I was like, what? He was like, if I got up, you know, I'm down here on on a slab edge doing something, whatever I pick up and go like this, there's someone right behind me cussing me out, telling me I'm not worth anything. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, you have no, and so guess what? For him, he's conditioned because of what he went through coming up. And it wasn't with brass gory. I'm just going to put that out there. So I don't get the hate mail later, but It was with a different company, but that was programmed into him because for years, that's what he dealt with. And so, guess guess how he responds with conflict? And I'm just like, it took me the longest time to realize, man, this is not how he even wants to respond. I need to give him some grace. And yeah, there have been times I've had to be a mean cuss back and I hate it because like... You can, you can hear my voice inflection already. It just makes me uncomfortable. I don't like to cuss at people. I don't like to get angry. But I've had to stand my ground and tell him to shut up, like ugly, like real hard for him to finally go, all right, I need to settle down and talk here. like. And it's just part of him, right? So I don't even remember. What, what was the question again, Jesse? I don't know why I'm even explaining this. <laughs> uh, you're,
1: you're, uh, there wasn't a question, but we're on the same page because yeah. – their response is that response is instinctual, right? They cool. yeah. don't there are very, very, very few people who behave in in that type of manner that do it maliciously. Right. They there's not that there is no intent behind it. It's the only way they know how to respond. Yep. Right. And and you, you know, you t- you, you made a joke, but it's a serious thing about like the mayor the response and so social media is is we all know right it's this thing that's that's a new form of communication right i mean for those people those folks the the people that got highlights like me Ooh,
2: look at that slick
1: watch out baby it's like when email came out like oh that's bullshit nobody's gonna do that then that's the world now social media is that Right, it, that's what it. Color TV. Ain't nobody got a black and white TV no more. If y'all didn't know, guys. There used to be black and white TVs, and it was like the thing. Color TV was like, <laughs> and you were the
2: remote.
1: Exactly, exactly. And so, social media was this thing. Um, it's this thing that's taking over, and it's another method of communication. And folks are sharing. Uh, intimate things or rather they're sharing vulnerability. We'll say it that way. And I've seen it with certain people with a few people now where they got vulnerable. They just shared a comment on no BS with Jen and Jess and their company, their, their bosses or somebody within the organization reaches out to them and say, Hey, you said this thing, you made this comment. What is that about? And that terrified the individual like oh my god i can't be saying stuff on social media because i'm going to get in trouble now and so i I share that because if you're with a company that is branding themselves as people first and mental wellness and dei and psychological safety that's a beautiful wrapper Hmm. but what are you doing to equip your leadership with the tools to understand how to appropriately respond to people being vulnerable and seeking psychological safety.
2: Right. That's right. I mean, think about that too. The fact that you've mentioned this before, Jesse, people are mentioning this on a live stream. The fact that that's what that person, like to them, that's their release, right? Think how out there that is, right? That mean, that makes me feel I'm just being lonely. I'm just like, it, it really hurts, Right that they think that, well, some people may, they may have, they may have talked about other people, but you got to think for a lot of people, they don't have that outlet to go talk to the person about. And so if you think about that again, like, man, it just, again, that kind of breaks my heart.
1: Yeah. You know, on one hand, it's a beautiful privilege that folks would share that with us, but you nailed it, Davis. It is 100% a signal that the organizations that they work with they don't feel safe enough to share that so much so that they'll do it live online hmm. with a bunch of weirdos, right? People that they've never met yeah. in person. They work with people every day and spend time, share space with people and they're not sharing these things with them.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. I,
0: I, kind of winding down on it. You know, I, I think it's fitting. I'm, I'm going to bring up a friend's episode, but my fiance and I just watched a Friends episode, right? And it was the one where, if you're familiar with Friends, um, I think his name was Eric or something like that, right? But it was Phoebe. She got a job as a uh, like a cold caller for uh, Printer Inc. And she called this one guy. And he's been there for 10 years at this company. But no one knows his name. And he is planning on taking his life at the end of the day, right? And he even said, he's like, I'm going to kill myself. And everyone doesn't even look up right and so phoebe goes there and she talks and and she's like oh hey you're i'm the one that you talk to right on the phone and and stops it they become friends you know but i i think a lot of people genuinely do feel that way like he did right they've been in a company for so long but no one truly knows who they are because no one's willing to get out there and talk to someone and have a conversation like we've been talking about this whole podcast of like hey I'm gonna get to know the person next to me. What did you do this weekend? what do you have a do you have kids? Do right. you have brother and sister? like tell me about your childhood. you know why did you get into construction? How long have you been doing this? right? And chances are they might not talk to you a lot, especially if it's like an older operator or someone like that, right? There's a guy in our job me and him we are buddies he he plays sweet home alabama from his excavator whenever i walk by and we we have (laughs) this thing right but he's not a he's not a he's not like a talker he's not going to talk for forever to you right but you can have conversations with him super nice guy we have a cool relationship now he always he, he cranks it up when i walk by i'm like there it is um that's cool, but right, but you you build these relationships. I just ask him like, how are you how long have you been doing this, man? Why like why'd you do it? And it, it might be short, might be like, oh, I just my dad put me in a driver's seat when I was twelve years old, you know, and I've been doing it ever since. Cool, that's awesome. Like, what's your favorite part? I, mean, I just like operating. I just like digging. Now I know a little bit more about him, right? Mm-hmm. And you yep. can start to build and expand. Like, it's not going to be like this type of conversation half the time, especially in the construction industry. Right. But you can slowly start report. to build that report with people and just get to know them a little bit. And okay. then over time, you'll be able to see, something's off with him today. I'm going to go and, like, talk to him and see what's going on, right? Like, yes. he's, he's acting a little different. Or she. They're acting a little different than they normally do. And let's let's go see, like, how their day's going. And over time, it, it'll start to pay off, right? That's the one yeah. thing, right? We had a guy on our on one of my job sites commit suicide and it's like you start thinking what could I what could I have done differently? Could I have talked to him more? Could I have pressed more into his personal life to see what he was going through? Everyone is always like, "Uh, oh, I don't want to play that employee like weird relationship sort of thing. I just I'm just going to come to work, I'm going to go home." And if you want to do that, okay, cool, fine, I get it. But if you want to make a difference in someone's life, it takes truly wanting to make a difference, right? Wanting to know That's who right. they are.
2: That's
1: right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll add like into the vulnerability question because somehow I've become known for that the topic. Um, like act like for real. Going to meet somebody that you've never met is an act in vulnerability. Right? Like it's not yeah, the people most comfortable. don't like comfortable. talking to strangers. Exactly. It's uncomfortable. You might get rejected. You're at, yeah. Your ego is at risk to some degree. So it is an act of vulnerability. And so then the question becomes if you want vulnerability, but you're not willing to go and meet somebody new or get to know something or share something of yourself with somebody, are you vulnerable? That the, the, the answer is obvious, right? Like if you want it, do it. And and yeah. here's another one more, and I'll stop. I've seen this over and over and over again in the work that I do. Specifically, when you design a situation or a venue for vulnerability, mm-hmm. the first le- the first rep, there's there's a there's a little bit of that vulnerability, and every time that group comes together and it could be a group of two, a group of 20, it doesn't matter. Every time somebody's gonna take it a little deeper and a little deeper, and every single time the vulnerability gets deeper and deep, more and more vulnerability comes across because somebody said, went over the edge, the sky didn't fall down, so it's safer for me to be more vulnerable next time. And everybody kind of adjusts That's right. to the degree that they're comfortable with, yeah. but it's definitely yeah. a degree deeper that they did the first time. That's right. That's good. All you got to do is start, baby.
2: That's, That's right. it. One step. There you go.
0: For those of you listening, you heard it. All you got to do is start. I challenge you to get out there and meet someone new, get to learn them, at least know their name and remember it. The next time you see them, that will go a long way and it'll help you slowly start to build that report with someone. Uh, anyone else have anything to add before we close? Well, Thank you all for the fourth installment, the fourth month of Lane Foundation's mental health conversation with the Silver Fox. We're looking forward to next month. Uh, Talk at you next time. (laughs) Peace.